When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. It's a full wrap of the day three action from the World Test Championship final at the Oval. Many listeners will know I recorded a lunchtime wrap yesterday with Sharble, but my old mate Paul Dennett's back. How are you, Paul? Hey, Matters. G'day, everyone. Whoa, what a what a third day. Um, I was driving to from Sydney to Mudgee, um, listening to the BBC Test Match special on the internet. The um, signal was coming in and out. I felt like I was in the 1930s. And um, great day of cricket again. Absolutely. A great day of cricket. And we're going to discuss it all in a moment. But a huge announcement for Cricket Unfiltered. Our live show tickets are on sale. So if you live in Sydney and you're a fan of the show, um, the, the link is in the show notes to get out a ticket to the show. It's in the middle of October. It's our 10-year anniversary special. And we would absolutely love to see you there. It's a small theatre, so tickets will sell out fast. So if you want to come, we'd love to see you. Jump into the link on the show notes. Please do. And just to confirm, it's not just a live recording of the podcast. It's not going to just be us sitting and talking uh, like this. Uh, it's going to be the three of us and it'll be uh, it'll be awesome. Yeah, it'll be an interactive show, all sorts of stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be lots of fun. And also had a message from a listener about, you know, how we should approach wrapping up the day's play during the Ashes. And, you know, Paul and I are going to try and do full day wraps sort of early the next day and get them up so you've got a fair bit of time to listen to them before um, play starts the next night. So um, we're going to be endeavouring to do that uh, as often as possible. But thanks, everybody, for the support and listening to the wraps because, you know, we, we love um, doing them and it you know means a lot. We've got, I've got a lot of messages today about me ranting about Cummins and McDonald's, so we'll get into that. But, uh, yeah, Paul. Day three, I would say a topsy-turvy day for Australia especially. That first session was one of the poorest sessions I've seen from this Australian team probably since the second test in India. I showed admirable, admirable restraint on the roads a couple of times. That When that um, <laughs> Cummins wicket off the no ball went, um, I, you know, I, I was very, very restrained. But it was – I'm going to give you an analogy that you won't like, but it's, it's kind of like um, game of chess. Day one, Australia – 
took India's queen. But ever since then, there's been a rapid exchange of knights and bishops. Maybe India have picked back up a pawn or two. Days two and three have been pretty even. Maybe India has even shaded them. But the big advantage that Australia rested on day one, I still think is going to be decisive. Um, you never say never, but I really can't see another result other than an Australian win in this game. Yeah, so as it stands, Australia have a lead of 296 and they have six wickets in hand. So India were bowled out for 296. Yeah, well, two, India were bowled out for 296 mm. in their first innings and it stumps on day three. Australia are four for 123 with Marnus Labashain, 41 not out, and Cameron Green, seven not out. Now, Marnus was interviewed after play and he was saying that he feels Australia let India off in that first session yesterday and the talk in the change rooms amongst the team was that just that performance was not good enough in the first session. So Scott Boland bowled Barrett, um, I think, second ball of the day with an absolute peach. So at that point, India are six for 152 and miles behind in the game. And then Australia dropped four catches. There was the wicket off the no ball by Pat Cummins. And in in the end, Rahane and um, Thakur put on over 100 to get India back in the game. Um, Very sloppy in that first session, Paul. I'd say it's the sloppiest I can remember Australia for many, many years. And, uh, you know, they, if you went um, berserk at ranting about it, I think you're entitled to because I, I, I just think that I, I, I lord Cummins all the time. I think he's a fantastic player. But to have overstepped twice um, and, you know, taken wickets off them, it's just unacceptable. It's unprofessional. And um, he should have had a better preparation leading into this Ashes. I don't accept the, the notion of um, rustiness. And I kind of reject the whole notion of, Oh, you, you can't replicate the reality in the nets. You can go pretty close. You should be able to, in this day and age, to uh, have net sessions that are at the right level of intensity, getting your run up right. Um, so I, I think that was really poor. Uh, the drop catches, you know, they sometimes happen. And Green dropped a sitter and took an absolutely uh, freakish one. But um, that also think I think uh, emphasises why I think India are going to struggle. That Australia effectively took, what, almost 16, 16 wicket-taking opportunities uh, in India's first innings, Australia's now struggling along in their second. It's it's not an easy pitch to bat on. No, not at all. And it's getting up and down. And, and La- Marnus said after play on SCN that you know the ball's keeping down, it's jumping up, it's a little too paced, and he's batting out of his crease to, to kind of negate that. But you know, going back to that first session, you know, I felt when we did our preview of this final, you were a little bit sceptical when I rated Australia's fielding and one percenters a bit low. But I actually think now this is. There's a track record of this. Cold start to the, the T20 World Cup last year. Cold start to the Tour of India. You and Jaleesa can say, oh, I've got this anti-McDonald agenda, all you want. But I think the evidence is mounting. Yeah, I mean, yesterday that first session was really poor, uh, as I said. Um, yeah, I, I'm not willing to um, write them off as, 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 as sort of poor for, for, uh, going forward. But ultimately, if they do improve, as I expect they will, then... The, as I said, they need to get better at starting, better at starting things off. Just on the pitch, um, I don't think it's acceptable. I think that it's um, a poor wicket, and I think that elite athletes shouldn't be in a situation where a ball can bounce much more than expected regularly. There have been too many batters being hit on the hands and arms and body, and the level of courage that you've got to show—you've always got to show courage um, batting at test level. I really admire the fact that they are out there, they're not shirking the issue, and I think that it's very poor. And I, I don't think there's enough science that's put into 
pitch preparation. The notion that, oh, yeah, it was a bit soft, so indentations occurred, and therefore when the ball hits those indentations as they harden up, it can shoot higher, it can shoot low. You've got to be better than that. And I sometimes think um, groundskeepers around the world are regarded as, you know, funny blokes or funny women with um, a bit of a green thumb and maybe not the best grammar. Um, I, I think you need to have someone with a, a pretty sophisticated horticultural degree and um, a fair bit more science needs to be applied. I also wonder um, how much the ICC's influence has had on the pitch because they do advise the local ground ground staff for these ICC events. And there were some conspiracy theorists from English fans on, on Twitter last night that, you know, the English grounds groundskeepers had done this on purpose to try and, you know, break a few fingers in the Aussie top order before the Ashes next week. I mean, I don't know if I put much stock in that, but I also, the Ashes means a lot, so I wouldn't write it out completely. <laughs> well, no, I think, the, yeah, you're right. The ICC do get involved. And maybe, look, maybe I've gone um, too hard on the ground stuff. I, I admit I haven't done my research into knowing um, the background of the oval ground stuff. But just on that pitch that's presented, I don't think that is acceptable for a test match, quite frankly. It's bloody entertaining, but you shouldn't have the entertainment as a, you know, at the expense of, I'd hate to see Mitchell Stark tearing in one rising off a length and, and smashing someone's fingers or breaking someone's arm or hurting someone more seriously in the next couple of days. It's not fair on Stark and it's certainly not fair on the batters. Indeed. Now, I also want to talk about the fantastic innings from Ajinki Rahane. We spoke about his resurgence coming into this match. He ended up with 89 off 129. He went past 5,000 test runs. He was cruelly robbed of 100 with an absolute glorious catch by Green diving to his right. But that was a fine innings for Rajinki, Ajinki Rahane. He had some luck, but G played well. Yeah, I mean, you need your luck. Uh, Steve Smith's famous innings in India um, six or seven years ago, I think he got dropped five times on the way to 100, and people rightly still recognise that it is a very, very fine innings. Um, Rahane was out LBW to Cummins early on, and it would be interesting to know what that would have meant for his career if that had been uh, left in the books. But, of course, Cummins overstepped. He did have some luck, but he did play really well. And that catch that, that dismissed him from Green was an absolute stunner. Absolutely. Thakur played well for 51. Australians have seen him play well in the past, the Gabra especially in that. He rode his luck. He was out LBW off another Cummins no ball. So in the end, India all out for 296. Bowlers. Now this is make interesting reading. Mitchell Stark, 13.4 overs, two for 71, an economy rate of 5.2 runs per over. I actually think there was good signs there. He was swinging the ball, his pace looked good, um, and he's a wicket-taker. Oh, he's a fine bowler, um, but I don't, I, I don't change what I said. I would have picked Nisa over him in this match. I think the way that Boland bowled, we would have got a bit of that from Nisa, and I think that uh, Stark was, you know, that economy rate is, is not very good. Um, I don't think he's had a good game. He ran himself out with the bat. Uh, hopefully he improves during this series. But in my opinion, at the moment, he's in, he's not in our top three bowlers. Interesting. Well, Scott Boland, you mentioned him, 20 overs, two for 59. You would have to say on that performance, the, the way he looked, he is the first bowler picked. Yep, absolutely. He looked fantastic. And um, you just feel it when he comes on to bowl. If you've got an emotional investment in wanting Australia to do well, when Boland's running in, I had this feeling of calm. Um, I had the same feeling with Green uh, and Cummins, those two to sort of a lesser extent to Boland. But when Stark was running in, I was thinking there's every chance that he's going to be um, uh, knocked around a bit here. 
I, I acknowledge there's also every chance that he'll take six wickets at some point. But um, I, I think that his, um, his best and his worst have a bigger gap between them than the other bowlers do. So with Green, yeah, 12 overs, 2 for 44, really good performance from him. But Cummins, 20 overs, 3 for 83. I actually think we're starting to see now his captaincy affect his bowling, those two no balls. Um, he didn't look himself. He showed some frustration, which we never see from him. And I just think he got his tactics wrong. Now, Nathan Lyon only bowled four overs in that innings. I just don't get that. It's going to be interesting to see what Nathan Lyon does in the second innings. It's supposed to be 30 degrees um, on day four. So if the pitch does start to, to dry up a bit, I think he could come into his own. But, you know, I, I think it's further to the fact that this this these conditions in India, in England, are, are seen conditions more so more so than spinning conditions. And I think that... If you can say that Cummins had one of his poorer outings and he still took three for 83, took two wickets off no balls, um, you know, I, I think that shows what a fine player he is. I, you know, I think it was a fairly ordinary outing by his standards. But um, three for 83, other players' poor performances are none for 150. Oh, yeah. I just think that his captaincy is starting to affect his bowling and that was my concern when he was given the job. And No, I... I, 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 I I'd need some um, – you're going to have to come up with some figures to prove that to me. Okay, well, two no ball. When have you seen him bowl two no balls and get two wickets before? Go, no. go and find it because that, that's – No, evidence. but I mean that, that, that he's bowled no balls before. I was listening to um, Final Word and they were saying that, um, that since the third umpire has started checking all no balls, um, in the first half of his career he bowled far fewer than he's done. You know, he does tend to bowl the occasional one. I don't think – what you need to do, men, is, is go back and see – that uh, in the period between when they started checking for the, th- the, the no balls with the third umpire uh, while he was not captain to since he's been captain, um, uh, has there been an appreciable uh, increase in the number of no balls? Because you can't blame him for taking the wicket. It's, it's, it's however many no balls that he bowled is the issue. You're like sort of giving him an extra penalty because he took the wicket off them. No, I'm just saying that he he's clearly not on his game if he's doing that, distracted. And and just back online. Yeah, well, give, give me the numbers. Give me well, the numbers. I, 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 you, you told me I've got, I've got to go and find those numbers that you, you've you've given me. So I, I will go and have a look by our next show. But thank you. Just back on just back online. I mean, he, he bowled four <laughs> overs in his second over. He got a wicket, and the ta- the what the the tail the tail wagged until the late nights are getting to me and. Yeah, I just think it was, you know, I think we're seeing now that Cummins is not tactically astute. That's just, I think it's becoming a fact now. But I mean, I I don't think that Smith was any more tactically astute. I never thought that Smith was particularly tactically astute. And I think that, you know, that tweet that Ashwin sent out a while ago, that Smith and Captaincy are a match made in heaven. I think that's one of the weirdest tweets of all time. I mean, Smith and Captaincy led to Sandpaper Gate and not particularly sophisticated tactics. I think he's a I think that Cummins and Smith are probably um, roughly similar in terms of tactics, but I'd probably rather Cummins. No, I I think it's absolutely – I don't disagree. I think Cummins might be a better leader of men, but Smith is more tactically astute. That That's my opinion. Um, all right, so you're all out for 296. Um, so from – you know, six for 152, they got up to almost 300. So Australia would have been very disappointed. I actually thought at one stage the follow-on was a, a real possibility and that Australia, given the situation this match, should have enforced it if they had the opportunity. But alas, wasn't to be. Oh, God. You should have listened. I mean, actually, listening to the radio for a change, um, a couple of points. One, 
BBC Test Match Special is a level above ABC, as we suspected. I haven't heard BBC Test Match Special for a while, but Agas is just he's a he's a class above. Simon Mann is good. Um, Finn is good. Alex Hartley. Can is I ask good. where you got that? Is it the BBC app? Um, I, I just put it on the ABC, the app. Okay, great. Um, I I was going to try SEN, but I thought, given that I'm going to be out in the middle of nowhere, maybe the ABC internet connection will be strong. It was probably nonsense, but anyway, it seemed it works pretty well. Um, they are a standard above our ABC. I, I know Jim Maxwell's on both, but the the general standard was um was better. Um, it was somewhat diminished because Langer appeared. I mean, Langer is dogging me everywhere he goes. I'm here in Mudgee. I expect to see him at the coffee shop in a few hours' time. Um, <laughs> him and Hayden. Langer, <laughs> Langer and Hayden. <laughs> they're commentating every ball on every medium, it seems to me. Um, can, I tell but, you, can I tell you what Langer said when he was with the Cricket Etc. live show? He said he got together with Haydos recently and he actually said this in a room full of people that he and Haydos were just sitting there say, saying how good they were to each other and how, how good were we, Haydos? How bloody good were we? Um, See, like they that. do that on they do that on the coverage though. Yeah, I like Hayden. I like Langer. Um, note to both of them: if you want to go out for a beer with me, I'll join you. Um, they were two of my favourite players. I think they're good mentors. I think they're good coaches, and in small doses, they're interesting and got good opinions on the cricket. I just don't think they're suited to out half hour after half hour after half hour in every possible medium um, calling the game. The one thing I wanted to say, though, sorry, that the one criticism of BBC was this kind of, um, they're on like some sort of uh, autoplay of saying, well, Australia could actually enforce the following, although that's out of fashion these days. I don't think they would, but theoretically they could. Did you realise that Australia potentially, if they could, they were just sitting at a hundred and, it's like they, they feel a compulsion to say it. Yeah, well, um, all right, so. Uh, Australia, four, four for 123 at Stumps, lead of 296. Warner was out early, caught by Barrett off Siraj for one. Kawaja caught by Barrett off Umesh Yadav for 13. Um, tough stuff um, for the openers. But then a nice little partnership from Labashane and Smith got Australia up to 86. Smith was on 34 of 47, playing very differently to the way he played in the first and in scoring at a fairly quick run rate. Jadeja comes on. He tried to sort of wander down the pitch and hit him back over his head and skied one into the covers and was out for 34. It was a very un-Smith-like dismissal. Yes, but a very decent innings. It's one of those 34s that's probably worth double that. that um, I reckon that India in the first hour of both Australian innings bowled well, but I still think Anderson and Broad under those conditions may well have gone through Australia. And I think India needed to do that. They needed to have everything go their way in this second innings. And they have bowled well, but there was enough there that um, they could have rolled Australia for 80 or 100. And I think that Smith played a really nice little innings. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest shot to get out, but Australia has done enough now, I think, to... um, to have got away, that they could have been rolled for a, an absolutely dismal performance and in, in, in India back in the game, and that hasn't happened. You're right. It was, a, I think, a calculated attack from Smith, knowing that Australia needed to get that lead up sort of around 300, and then they would feel pretty confident that they could defend that. Just on on that, um, you know, it's Broad and Anderson going through Australia. It certainly could happen, but I have to say, 
Manus Labashain gives me so much confidence now. I mean, I haven't felt this confident with an Australian number three since Ponting and, and Boone before that. He's got such a complete game. When he comes out in those difficult conditions, the way he, you know, rides the ball when it jumps or the way he watches the ball when it keeps a bit low, he's gutsy, he's, he, he plays a nice game. You know, Labashain just... He's such a vital cog because I think we are going to inevitably lose early wickets this summer. And he, in this game, has shown how adept he is in these conditions. Oh, he's a star. I mean, he is. It's going to be interesting in the years to come as to when people start talking about best Australian sides of various different periods. He's starting to push his name into those into the conversation further. He's right up there. And let's see if he can continue it for the next five years. But... He's a star. Um, it was amusing the way that um, he was asleep when the wicket fell. Uh, did you see that? Um, I was back. I was at the hotel by then. It was hard to miss because I showed it about fifty times. It was like the most exciting <laughs> thing that happened uh, on the day's play. And uh, Manus was um, interviewed about and asked about that, and he said that he wasn't actually like asleep. He was just no. closing his eyes. Mark Wall used to do that, and it was funny because. They used to say that that was an example of how casual Mark Wall was, that he fell asleep before batting. And he used to say, no, it was because I was so nervous that my um, my reaction to intense nerves is actually to fall asleep, um, which is quite kind of quite interesting. But um, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. And the other thing that was quite funny was um, the uh, shows that cricketers <laughs> sometimes haven't got many brains. The fact that the Aussies ran off the field when Siraj was given out LBW. Now, as soon as he reviewed that so instantaneously that it was almost like a reflex reaction, they must have thought the, the, the thought must have crossed their mind. There's every chance he's inside edge this, or he's got an edge on this. That sure, yeah, when you're when it's the last wicket and you've got reviews, it's kind of a compulsory review. But he did it so quickly without even thinking. I straight away thought this is going to be overturned. But Kawaja and Warner were off, and I didn't actually see it. But they were saying that they were almost just about starting to put their pads on. Yeah, Kawaja was basically padding up off to the side and he was the last <laughs> player back on. That's awesome. So, yeah, so Manus also copped a really nasty blow on the finger. I can't remember the bowler, but it, it jumped up um, off a length and I was, I was worried that his finger might be busted. But I don't know, Alan Border and David Boone played most of their test matches with bro- broken fingers and I think I can guarantee Manus is probably in the same camp. Well, I think um, what should happen is that after the game, whomever oversaw the pitch being prepared in this way should have to face a few overs from some of the fast bowlers. Agree. All right. So um, I guess the other one was Travis Head. He came out and he he, he dashed to 18 off 27. There was a chance there. So Jadeja, I think first ball of an over, um, Head tried to hit it over mid-wicket for six and Umesh Yadav at mid-wicket basically missed it and, and then dropped it and went for six and went through his hands. But then two balls later, Head tried to hit Jadeja over the top and just hit it straight back to Jadeja. Didn't time a drive. So that meant the score was four for 111. Nelson strikes again, especially in England. That's a thing. Uh, but Cameron Green is seven not out. Labuschagne, 41 not out. Australia, four for 123. The difference is that that dropped catch from Yadav didn't come as a surprise to me. Um, I kind of expected that he would drop that. And I think that's the... Sure, Australia has had some sloppiness in the field in this game, but I still think that there is a gulf between the sides in terms of fielding and that some of that is is exemplified by the lack of athleticism of, of some of their of some of their players and i don't understand why they haven't worked on that more yeah i thought indy bowled pretty well in that last um sort of 3 hours of play certainly 
the pitch is keeping them in the game. But, I mean, that lead of 296, I don't know. It seems already that's going to be a tough chase. I think that the they've got to take a, a leaf out of what Rahane and, um, and Takua did, that ride your luck, play with some aggression, because it, to me it doesn't seem like the sort of pitch that they are going to bat out a draw in um, unless something – I mean, there are some thunderstorms around, but with the reserve day, it doesn't seem likely that rain can play any serious um, uh, impact, have any serious impact on the game. So inevitably, India are going to have probably five sessions or four and a half sessions to to try to survive. Um, I, I think that they should um, play with aggression because if they don't, they're, they're probably just going to fold in the second innings. Yeah, I, I would be thinking Australia would want to bat most of that first session and then be bowling after lunch on day four because if the match is drawn, then um, they share the title and I think Australia would obviously be desperate to to be up on the podium by themselves at the end of the match. Obviously, but I think that they should also not um, not declare so quickly as to sort of, you know, if you, if you think that you need so much time to take the wickets, Work out the run rate and realise, actually, if we need that much time and they do bat that long, they won't get a draw. They'll get a win. I don't think they should be too generous. And I think that in the lead up to the declaration, if there are wickets in hand, I expect them to be absolutely motoring and sloggy. I don't want to see anything, any balls being left or any defensive shots. That Those extra 50 runs or so can sometimes be crucial. Yeah, I'm going to be locked in for that first session because really uh, thinking Cameron Grange is going to come out and have a bit of a license. Oh, I thought you were going to All watch right, the so Paul, uh, well, I'll record that and watch it after. Um, <laughs> all right, well, thanks, everybody, for um, listening to our wrap of day three of the World Test Championship final. Paul and I will be back, well, at some stage. We'll probably do a lunch chat if we can on day four, but then we will try and record a full day four wrap at some stage. Um, but, yeah, um, thanks, everybody, for listening and enjoy the rest of the match. <laughs> This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.